Welcome to Water Spout, brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Water Spout offers a behind-the-scenes look at how we conduct our work, the research, the projects, our partnerships, and most important, how we serve the community by balancing the needs of water for the environment, businesses, and the people in the Sunshine State. Welcome to this episode of Water Spout. I'm your host, Tiffany Cowie, and today I'm joined by Dave Dickens, Emergency Coordinating Officer here at the District. He's responsible for the District's preparation for and response to severe storm events and other emergencies. Thanks, Dave, so much for taking the time to join us. Appreciate you having me. Of course. So we talked about your our Emergency Coordinating Officer, ECO, during hurricane time, but first I'd love to delve into your journey to the District and your your blue skies, as we say, kind of job. So I, I started my career in consulting, uh, actually as a lab tech. And uh, I, I wanted to go to school for environmental, uh, something in the environmental field, and started working in water lab. And then progressed through some air work and worked in consulting for about 10 years prior to going to the Swanee River Water Management District. Swanee River Water Management District is where I kind of started picking up some of the emergency management skills because they said, oh, we need an emergency coordinator officer. Here you go. Learn it. So I started learning it. Fortunately, uh, my mentor was at St. John's River Water Management District, Steve Miller. And uh, I learned a ton from Steve while I was at Swanee. And then found, oh, well, I want to come over to St. John's and join the team about seven and a half years ago. So what does your day-to-day or week-to-week look like here typically? So, So my Blue Sky's job is I'm the emergency, or I'm, a, I'm the transportation facilities and safety services director, which means I'm over all the fleet, about 500 vehicles or 500 units. So that's anything from sedans to semis, uh, over approximately 326,000 square foot of office buildings, and uh, the safety of all of our staff here at the district. But during the uh, Gray Skies events. I serve the district as the emergency coordinating officer, which is, coordinates all the emergency activities. I do some of that during the blue skies. Actually, we do it all year long, but when they, when we have a gray skies event, such as a hurricane or wildfire season, that that's my major role is as emergency coordinating officer, coordinating with different counties, the state agencies, making sure that we're prepared. All right. So during um, a typical time, I would imagine a great focus for the district would be on safety, which falls under your purview. So what does that look like? How do you keep people safe in such a varied district? So it's twofold. So we want to make sure that staff are safe at home and at the district. So we, we encourage staff to participate in all sorts of emergency preparations at home. We give them information and ask them to be prepared at home so that when a storm does hit or a fire or whatever emergency might happen, then we can get you back to the office a little bit faster and we get back to serving the public. Um, If we don't have our most important resource here at the office, it's hard for us to do our job. Absolutely. I can see that. I feel like people do take pride in being able to serve others. That seems like something you see in many of the staff throughout the district. So I have noticed personally Uh, In my time in Jacksonville and here at headquarters, uh, it feels like new energy surrounding making everything look like a place you would want to work. Talk to me about some of those updates that we're seeing. So we've been updating quite a bit of the facilities and 
transportation's been a little bit difficult since the pandemic. Uh, we, we've been trying to get new vehicles in our fleet and updating our fleet. It's tough to get them, but we're, we're trying to make some strides there. And then around the facilities, we've been, you know, doing a little bit of updates on the landscaping and, uh, we got some buildings that are fairly old. It's time to put a coat of paint on them or a new roof. And we've been trying to work on getting some of that done during blue skies. Why do you think that's so important? Well, so not only cosmetic is it important because we want to make sure that we look good. So we play good as, uh, one of my mentors says, um, but we also, uh, we want to make sure that those roofs are in good shape. So that when we do have a storm event comes through, it doesn't take out the roof. And now we're having to activate one of our plans, such as the continuity operations plan, where we need to move staff from that building to another while the roof's being renovated. How do you uh, help employees become educated about how they can be safe, specifically on the job? Because we've got people out on boats in some of our jobs. We have people working to collect water quality samples. And then we also have a lot of people who work at their desks, collecting data, reviewing data. How do you educate people here at the district? So we, we do what's called a safety newsletter that we try to send out on a, on a regular basis, educating on different possible issues that may, they may occur, and whether it's from a tick bite to auto accident or uh, how to use a fire extinguisher property, properly. So we've, we try to get educated them the best we can, not only to make sure that they know what to do if they see that here at the office, but also at home. We want to make sure that staff are safe 24-7, whether it's in home or office. I see that. And I do read the newsletter, and it's always got, uh, you know, a link to a video to help staff learn how to be safe. Some of them I've t- brought home and shared with my husband because it seemed like something we should be uh, up to date on. So I think it, it is effective. What do you feel having the safety officer has done for the district in terms of putting safety at the forefront? So his one of his biggest jobs is making sure he gets out and he's given that message to staff of, hey, things happen and we got to respond to them, but how do we prevent that from happening? So if we have a safety incident, he's reviewing the safety incidents, going out on site. We do things called JHAs that uh, are called job hazard analysis. And we'll look at the different hazards associated with a job and make sure that we're mitigating those hazards if necessary. Or if not, if we can't mitigate them, then we're making sure we use proper PPE or protective, uh, personal protective equipment. Which I imagine has resulted in fewer incidents of employees getting hurt on the job. All right. It's a great program. I look forward to talking after the break about hurricane preparedness and how the district is getting ready for storm season. The St. John's River Water Management District is committed to preserving and protecting Florida's water resources for generations to come. From improving water use efficiency and reclaiming water for reuse to managing water resources in times of wet and dry periods, the St. John's River Water Management District is taking action on conserving Florida's precious waters. To learn more, visit sjrwmd.com. Welcome back to Water Spout. I'm your host, Tiffany Cowie, and today I'm joined by Dave Dickens, the Emergency Coordinating Officer here at the district. We're discussing the importance of relationships with local, state, and federal partners after a major storm event. Dave, thanks again for being here. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about before a storm, when we see one coming this way, 
what are some of the actions the district takes? So the district's always prepared. We prepare year long, whether it's working on a plan for when that storm's getting here. We have, as I mentioned before, the continuity operations plan. That's if we can't go back to that building, we have to know where we can put staff so we can continue doing our job while that building's being fixed. Or we have our uh, comprehensive emergency management plan, which that's not just storms. It's wildfires, pandemics. And so we want to make sure that we are prepared for whatever might happen. Preparedness comes in all shapes and sizes. We we use uh, our IT department, for example. They do a disaster recovery every year, and that's part of our preparedness for if one of these disasters actually happens. Um, we also do all sorts of checks around the district, uh, making sure we got tree limbs cut back from our, our buildings, just as you should do at home. Um, we want to make sure our stormwater drains are cleaned out and our stormwater ponds are functioning properly. Our equipment's prepared to respond as necessary. Um, whenever we have downed trees on property, we need to have that front end loader ready to go so that we can get out there and clear that property and get it opened up to the public again. When a storm does move through, where does the district focus its efforts right after the storm? So we want to make sure that what our resources are ready to move and respond. And we also want to make sure that our facilities are ready to accept staff as they come in. So we want to make sure that all the parking lots are ready for staff to return to the office. We get in there and make sure that they're clear. All of the, and There's no leaks coming through the roofs. Uh, lands, we want to make sure they start getting cleared. And then we start focusing on, okay, we've gotten all of our housekeeping and all of our needs taken care of. And we need to get out to the public and, and make sure that we're helping out with our county partners and our state and local. What does that look like, that collaboration? So at the district, we actually report to the state EOC under DOT or ESF3. And that EOC is Emergency Operations Center? It's our state. Uh, so if there is a need at the at, in the state that we can help out with, they'll give us a call and say, hey, can you move some pumps to this county? They're having flooding issues. And we'll send what we call a pump strike team. It's typically a three or four staff uh, team with a couple pumps. And we can go in there, we can deploy the pumps, start moving water out of there. Uh, a lot of times the counties, they may become inundated with, you know, flooding or concerns from residents. Their staff there uh, is being reroute it to different locations, and if we can just come in and give a helping hand, it's, it's great, great thing. You get a lot of pleasure from that. I would think so. Can you recall a story about a time that the district has been able to respond and help a city or a county during or after a storm? Well, just after Ian, uh, we got a, a call from the state EOC that uh, there was a hospital with water in its parking lot, and they were losing all their parking spaces for their patients. And so that was down on um, Lake Monroe Regional Medical Center. And we were able to send the pump team down there. And we worked with the Army Corps of Engineers and the Florida National Guard. The Army Corps came in, came up with a plan. Uh, National Guard came in and put up tiger dams, which is an inflatable dam to hold back the water. And then we put the, uh, dewatered the parking lot. And did that allow the hospital to be able to continue functioning? Was that the goal? We were able to reopen the parking lot after a couple of days. How rewarding for the district, and I would think staff members too, who see what their goal is and then can achieve it to help with public safety. 
I, I would think that's that's incredible. I love that the district has the opportunity to participate in that. I would think as a listener, my question might be what I think of when I think of the district is all of the lands that are owned by the district and our public loves to get out and visit them. So how does the district work quickly to be able to allow visitors to get back on the lands after a storm and safely? So for the uplands, we try to get in and cut down, we make sure that the trails are clear. There's no leaning trees that may come down on an individual and cause them to get injured. Make sure it's safe. Then we start reopening the uplands. The, low, the lower areas of our lands or our wetlands or floodplains, those typically stay closed longer periods of time. The primary reason why we have those is for flood protection. It allows that river to expand out instead of coming up and going out into residential homes or buildings. Uh, so our, our lands are very important. But the primary re reason for us owning some of those floodplains is to make sure that when that water does come up, it doesn't inundate any homes. So they're serving their purpose when they're flooded and they're not open. That's exactly what they were intended for. But, you, but from what you've seen, we immediately send staff members out to clear lands. And then how does that get communicated out to the public? Where should the public be listening or looking to be able to find out um, the status of lands? Our website is a great resource. Yeah, if they can't find what they're specifically looking for, we have they can call our front, front phone number and it can allow them to come in um, and get a hold of a person. But typically... They can look on our website, our social media pages. We're constantly updating as we open them. And we, we will close all district lands when a storm hits. And then as we go through and safely open them and make sure that they're safe for the public to come in, then we'll open them. We don't just wait till then and open them all up at the same time. We want to make sure that they can get in there as soon as possible. So safety is the focus, but it sounds like a partnership between the public and district staff to make sure they're safe and then make sure public can get out and use the lands that, that we own, but we own hopefully for the enjoyment of the public. Yes, All right, Dave, you've been a pleasure to have here. Thanks so much for sharing about our response, what happens at the district, kind of a, a sneak peek behind the curtain, if you will. Thanks again for having me. Of course. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our conversation today. We hope you'll tune in for our next episode of Water Spout. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to subscribe so we have firsthand access to future content. Until next time, use your water wisely. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Water Spout. To hear more episodes, find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the district on social media or visit sjrwmd.com for more information on today's topic.